welcome to another fabulous episode of What You Wearing. And on today's episode, we are going to be learning about the American fashion icon, Oscar de la Renta. Then we're going to have some vocabulary class as we learn all about what ready to wear actually means. Yes. Add in some Holt, Holt looks Favorite. and you're in for a great time. Mark Allen. How are you, darling? I am well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just back from a week in South Orange County. Wow. Yeah, not Orange County, Florida. Orange County, California, which is a, you know, a particular bubble of living down there. And I've been doing a an interior design project. Gorgeous. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, you know, much more of a wardrobe stylist, but I have pivoted a lot a little bit here yeah. during quarantine times to do yeah. as one must do. Yeah. Don't worry, I throw in some Hermes trivets here and there. Yeah, so, style is style. Style is style. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that I noticed, I was in this wonderful little beach town called San Clemente, and one of the things that I noticed was how casual it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, we know the world is casual Too anyway. casual. Too casual. More so us as Americans, I have to say. Yeah, well, Americans definitely love their casuality, which is really a casualty. Ooh, maybe there's... <laughs> True story. Maybe casualty and casuality is actually something. There you go, casualty of war. Yeah, that's like a whole book right there. I feel it. I feel it! <laughs> uh, so anyway, what I, what I was noticing was that some people were doing the really, really casual living... And some people were doing. Am I actually a beach bum? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was a way. And people kind of mix up the two. Yeah, like, and I, I think it has to do with intentionality. But like, some of the guys would be just in flip flops, black board shorts, and a black t shirt. And I'm like, oh, okay, that you should not be at dinner. Like, go to the beach. No, okay. if you're if you're on a board, yeah. Why they call it board shorts? Fine. Well, what if you're on a boardwalk? No. Does it count? No. Has to be no. on a surfboard. Don't show up to lunch in board shorts. Well, unless you're, like, well, now, now, now. I could see, like, in Malibu, some chic beach place showing up in board shorts. It's not chic if you have a board shorts. <laughs> <laughs> put something in your car. Come on. And stop being chic when you, when you put board shorts on. Anyway, I'm down there, and I'm just looking around, and I'm thinking, wow. And, the, and then down there, they also have um, golf carts. So people, like, drive around town in their golf carts. Uh-huh. So whatever horrible shoes they're wearing. You know, like, when you're in your car? Right. No one knows what shoes you're wearing. Right. Right? You right. could be wearing horrible, ugly shoes. Right. But when you're driving around town in a golf cart, everyone can see your shoes. They see your full head-to-toe look. Right, and you have to be aware of that. Right, and I just don't think... I think there's a mirror shortage. You know, like, there's just not enough mirrors for people to know what they look like, or they don't care, or... I think it's more they don't care, and they they just don't feel the need to do it. I guess. I guess you get so comfortable. Like, kind of, I can do what I want. Well, I can tell you, during during quarantine, like, February to May, I literally wore out my black gym shorts. I mean, I wasn't going anywhere. I was with well, my see, parents. But there you have it. There you have it right there. You weren't going anywhere, so that's a, that's fine. You can 
Do, you, you, that's when you can. Okay, okay, but we always say that you dress for yourself, not for others. So if I'm dressing for myself, then even when I'm home, I should be dressing a little bit more elevated. In right? the words of the French designer Terry Mugler, oh. you dress just to be entertaining and polite to others. It's it's you, you know it's for, it's the way that. people are looking at you. You can't you dress just, to be entertaining and polite for others. Yeah, I love that. you know it's not just you. It's like the minute you leave your house, there's an audience. Boom. So there was there was a little bit of that beach bum thing, but then there was a ton of people that just had gorgeous, cool wedges and great. Um, sunglasses on okay. with that they were just the, a lot of the women were just rocking these amazing chic looks okay and I was really down for that and I just thought how how casual that lifestyle is and I wonder what people's closets look like I wonder if like when they're living at the beach like that do they just have like a nice dress that they put on for a fancy dinner every once in a while do they actually not have stuff like that or do they have like a whole daytime persona and then at nighttime they like I mean, okay, obviously we're in COVID time, but like in normal times where they would just boom out in the world. Yeah, I mean, from what I've learned being in, in Los Angeles for going on 20 years now. Ooh, you're old. Uh, seasoned. <laughs> um, they only dress when they have to. Mm. Whereas I find that in Europe, they dress all the time. There's, no, there's not really a downtime. Yeah. I just find that in America, or more more so Los Angeles, they have the clothes to really knock it out the park, but they only do it when they have to. Well, and I also noticed, you know, I spent a lot of time in Atlanta, and women there really do dress for dinner. Like, they go, and now they might be in skinny jeans, but they're rocking great jackets, great jewelry, and they'll, they'll wear their real jewelry, their real jewelry to dinner on a Thursday night. I like, I like, love that. They're not just put in the safe and waiting for a big wedding to you know pull it out not a reason right they just wear it because it's something that something that they love and that they enjoy and i think it's also really good to wear your good jewelry in front of your husband so he knows that you love it appreciate it buying you more there you go okay you buy it you put in the safe why should he buy you anymore exactly you're not even enjoying what he bought you in the first place what's the point and that's also missing out on the point that there's a lot of women that are buying their own stuff now. They don't need some man to come and buy them some jewelry. So for it's those true. of you listening who are buying your own stuff, God bless you, be my friend. <laughs> right? True story. And then I also thought about when you're down living a lifestyle like that, it must be really interesting to go to New York for a week. I mean, how do you even pack? Like, do you have to buy all new clothes to go and do theater and Jean George and do all that stuff in New York or you better bring your A game if you're coming to New York that's all I know I mean it doesn't matter I guess if you're just gonna go down to like Times Square and take a picture with you know Tickle Me Elmo but if you're gonna actually go to New York your face I wish everyone could see the face that William just gave me but anyway (laughs) it's a a virtual side eye a virtual side I don't know where you got it must be from your mother or something but your side eye I mean okay Mrs. Clark (laughs) Mrs. Vanjie (laughs) Mrs. Vanjie I'm like okay but you just gave me a bunch of side eye right there but what I'm saying is that to go to New York and really enjoy all of New York and to be at the beautiful places with the beautiful people you want to bring like you don't go to lunch at Bergdorf's and not bring it 
Oh no! You know what I'm saying? Oh no! Like... No! no. <laughs> Even the wait staff will look at you. Yeah, and they do. They are some judgy wait staff. <laughs> I love oh, it. I, I love it. I love that place. I love it. That's tradition. Okay, so let's do some vocabulary. Yay! Let. Okay, so what have you got for us? What is our vocabulary word of the day? Okay, today's word. Since uh, in a prior episode we did couture, I'm going to tell you about ready to wear. Okay, now ready. Now, so ready to wear is ready dash to dash wear. Yes. Okay. And it's not the number two, it's the letter, it's T-O-T. T-O. So it's like you're ready to wear it. Right. A-K-A off the rack. Oh. Which is ready-made garments sold in finished condition in a standardized size run. Okay. So say it again. So it's... Vote. Say it again. Ready to wear? Yeah. Oh, what I said. Yeah. It's ready-made so garments. So what I just say it again. That's what that means. Say it's it again. It's ready-made garments sold in finished condition in a standard size run. Okay, great. And what is a standard size run now? Oh, now. Um, I would say... It depends two, on the brand, right? It depends on the brand, but commonplace, 2 to 14. Yeah. For a, a bulk of brands. But they go up, they now, you know, with plus size being such, so on vogue, they go up to 22. Yeah, but like an actual standard, like, standard. Like if you're looking at Balmain, Givenchy. Like if you're just running to, if you're just running to Neiman's and want to see something in the Balmain section, nine times out of ten, it's going to be two to 12, well, right? I think yeah. I think the 14s and 16s are the exceptions. Right. Right? And I have a lot of girls in that, you know, 12 to 16, 18 range. And mm-hmm. I find that the size runs are really important. Right. And then knowing which brand. See, here's the thing. is if Just a side note, y'all. We're going to cover this some other episode. But if you mm-hmm. are a plus size, it does not mean that you need to only shop plus size brands. No. I... Now more than ever. Yeah. There are so many designer brands that cut generously, work a dolman sleeve, oh, do, yeah. these, ha, do all these different things that you you can actually find pieces in every collection that would fit you and that would be great for you. Yeah. So I just want to kind of put but that But back in there. the day, I have to say, it was a lot harder for a plus size woman. Everything had to be made up. It was really tough back in the day, but now it's a lot easier. Okay, so ready to wear. So tell us why is it important that we know what ready to wear is? Uh, well, it, it the way it's it's more of a cost-effective way of doing designs by a designer because the sizing is kind of standard sizing and it's as little in they're in hopes of not needing as much alteration. Uh, okay, so like if you're Two through twelve, and you fit in one of those sizes, and one of those pieces should technically right. Fit you. you normally shouldn't have to do anything, but maybe the length because of your height. Right but. now, I want to tell you, I have put straight up size four women in some designer clothing, and it they have to go to an eight or a ten, and then the proportions are wrong, and they're just like, what is up with that? Can we just talk about that sizing issue with ready to wear? They what do you what they put they put on the size they normally wear? Yeah, they put on like a size. She's a four. She wears and a four. She'll be a four. She, which is like an Italian thirty eight, and she'll uh-huh. be like that and everything. And then she'll get to some brands like um, Balenciaga sometimes, Balmain, right. right? And they just they can't even get the pants closed. Like well, they're the, just like they're 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 just not. It's not consistent. You can't go into a well. Store it definitely now. it definitely goes. 
It depends on brand to brand. And and the European brands tend to cut smaller because the people in Europe are proportionately smaller. Right. They're so. more petite. I mean, not Holland, of course. They're all like seven feet tall. But right. most. But, but I understand that. But what I'm saying is that if you go to a department store mm-hmm. or you go up and down Rodeo Drive, right. you're, you're a different size. You're a different, different size of everything. Yeah. And I, yeah. what is up with that, that there's not like a standard for that? Is there not a standard or people like... Well, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's brands from all over the world. So a standard for here is not a standard for in Italy or a standard for, for especially in Tokyo. Right. So. Right, right, right. I mean, I've been to like, for me, so I'm, you know, I'm big. I'm like six foot three or four if I've got my heels on, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been to great shops in Spain, for example. I was at this little town on the Spanish coast mm-hmm. with my Swedish friends and I'm trying, I mean, everything, and it was all like $12, right? Go and ahead. I went to the dressing room, nothing fit me. Like the t-shirts were all crop top, like all the extra large, they were all crop tops. I mean, I couldn't move my legs in the pants. Like it was crazy how small the cuts were. Did you go up a side? How, 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 how much was, did it change? <laughs> how much did it change for Well, you? I'm an extra large-ish here. Uh-huh. Sometimes a double X. And there, their double X is like cream and fit in them. So I, I'm just saying that I totally get what you're saying about the size and being very different. I just feel like the standard of it I wish there was a little bit more, it made a little more sense. Like, for example, especially as people are moving more to more shopping online, it would seem to me yes. that as vendors, they'd want to have everything be more standardized so that they're not doing all these returns all the time. That's true, but then there would have to be like a global meeting of the minds as, as to what a four is. Wouldn't globally. that be an amazing meeting? I mean, just all the but you know what? powerhouses in one room deciding what a four If they haven't is. done it by now, I don't know if they're going to, to be honest. There must be some advantage for them to make up the sizing that way. As they as they have it now, you mean? Yeah, there must be no, some advantage. I, Cause I know, maybe like, a dash of ego. I don't know. Because there's a lot of clients I have that will like want to buy a pair of jeans online, and they'll buy four pair just to keep one, because they know that all the jeans run different. Well, that's smart. That's that's how you should do it. Right, but then you had to return three pairs of jeans, and then that store is out of inventory, those four pairs of jeans, for the month or whatever that they take to do that. And that's how those brands are losing money. But don't get me started! You live and you learn. And now, okay, tell me more. Um, well, you know, it's it, 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 there's things that you cannot confuse ready-to-wear with, and that's bespoke. Bespoke? And made to measure. Okay, made to measure makes feels made to measure feels like something I could make up what that means. Yeah, but what made to measure is more of a stand again. It's more of a standardized pattern manufacturing, whereas bespoke is like tailoring completely from nothing, from scratch. Like so, so bespoke, they would take your measurements and create a suit around your body. Exactly. Got it. And then made to measure, they take their standard for exactly. jacket exactly. and then they adjust it to work for you. Exactly. Okay, I get that. And the cool thing that they're doing now, um, in the last couple of years, and I don't know, I don't know how that's going to change the terminologies we're even using now, is now they're doing laser copies of your body, what? like a, a scan of your body, like a three D scan of your body. And then they're starting to design around... No. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. So it's going to be interesting how everything's going to progress 
you know, when this is kind of mainstream. Well, I think that would be great for people that are consistently the same weight. That's mean, another thing. You got you can't, I mean, you can't eat a cracker. You are, can't. Are like, you the, or, or if you eat a cracker, make sure you always eat the same cracker all the time. You can't, because it'll change and, it'll, you know, your body won't be the same thing. Which is why ready to wear is probably more cost effective because the other route, you can't. There's no there's no room for a mistake. Now, is ready to wear really only something that designers can say that they have, or can J. Crew call their clothes ready to wear? Well, ready. I think a brand like um, J. Crew is a ready to wear brand. Okay. I think designers you're talking about Couture, right? And Couture was like, you have to be certified. It has to be all these different things to be considered actually couture right so to have them be called ready to wear any brand that makes something that has product that's ready to wear they wouldn't need they to differentiate just call it ready it. to wear right right okay whereas if a designer has a couture collection and a ready to wear collection you want to give them its title so you know what you're dealing with you know the the moment you told me that you were going to do ready to wear, I immediately, immediately thought of that Robert Altman movie. Loved it. Called Ready to Wear from the mid nineties, right? Fun fact: I went to the casting. I was living in Paris. No, I was in the mo- I was modeling and I was living in Paris. I went to the casting for that, wow. and all my friends from my agency went. I sadly did not book it. Oh, but I was gonna, I was in town for what were you going to be? Well, in? there were so many actual working models at the time in oh, in the right. movie. So a lot of those models that were on the runway and had little like cameos, those were working models at the time. I mean, if, if you ever want to just have like a really fun sense of what Paris Fashion Week is, it's a very comedic. Yeah, Kim um, Basinger. Comedic yet yet um, accurate. Yeah, depiction of what uh-huh. it is. I remember there's one scene in that movie where these two editors are checking into the same hotel, and they each have these carts full of Louis, Louis Vuitton hardcase luggage. Yes, and um. they get them mixed up. Like, oh, I'm sorry, is that my stack of eighty thousand dollars worth of luggage, or is that yours? And I just thought it was, and the way that they did it, where the women were like, oh. Pardon me. Like, it was very, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, who are you people? I, there was something about that. I, I, I found that whole thing to be um, charming. You know what I mean? Probably I, at the Ritz Hotel in the lobby. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, the Ritz Hotel. We oh, love yeah. that. We love that. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about Ready to Wear. Is there anything else we have to know about that before you tell me about your favorite hot look of the week? Um, I think that is it. Yeah, I think that's it. You know, and like I said in my last episode, you can't you can't say you went to the store and picked up a couture dress cuz it's impossible. Yeah, he is absolutely <laughs> going to fix that. He's going to fix two things about America. Number one, really the world. Number one, we are not calling everybody an icon. No, He's not going to become an icon. And number two, couture is couture. Yes. And it's not even couture, it's couture. Haute couture. Haute couture. <laughs> Speaking of haute, what is your favorite haute, haute, haute look? My favorite look was Dr. Jill Biden when she perf- when she appeared. Performed. No, when she performed with well, Lady Gaga. You know what? When, <laughs> once you step on that world stage, it's a performance. But when they were being confirmed as our first. Thank you, Jesus. Our first lady and president, Joe Biden, she wore 
A dress by Oscar de la Renta from the Resort Collection. Oh, nice. It was an asymmetrical shift. Dress. Now, wait, Resort Collection. So, Resort means... That's the... That's the season between winter and spring. I get that, right? Yes. So, wait, was this... So, does she pick, like, a dress from next year so she has early access? Or is this just a dress she had from last year? I think she had early access. Okay, so it's a new piece. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, 2021. Yeah. Ugh, can't wait to get to 2021. Yeah. But, okay. So it's basically a shift. It was a and navy a shift sh- dress. Is what shift dress is a dress that, believe it or not, the the word comes from being able to shift in it. You can move in it. Oh. So it's kind of just straight. How, how nice of designers to finally let women move in their clothes. Well, as a, as opposed to being you know constrained and you know confined Past into a corsets, yeah, into a like a fitted dress. You, you there's a lot more movement. It normally goes from your shoulder to about knee level. But the modern twist on the dress was the hemline was asymmetrical, which oh. is really cool. And then there she's were... She's pretty petite, isn't she? Yeah, she's super petite. So to do an asymmetrical hem on a petite lady, I'm assuming she had really high heels on. No, I want to say she had on kitten heels, so they really? weren't super high. Good you for just, her. It's, I mean, it, it, since she's petite, it might be a lot more work to get the proportions perfect. Yeah. But they did it. And there were beautiful hand-embroidered flowers all over, Aww. which uh, the price point was almost six thousand dollars. Wow! But you pay for you pay for the work. So. Yeah. But you, she looked really beautiful in it. Now, do you think she spent six thousand dollars on that? I doubt it. She probably got. What do you think she got? Like a PR discount? She can't accept gifts. They can't accept gifts. Well. So she probably got a PR discount or paid because she could like, have gotten a PR discount. I was going to say it could be a sample, but... She could be a sample. She's probably She definitely could be a sample. It could be a sample. Maybe they just loaned it to her. And that's, yeah. So they probably could have loaned it to her, but if they make her something, she has to pay for it, right? There's a whole law about that. Ah, okay. Yeah, there's a whole law about that. So there's something about... Because I I have friends in news that Mm -hmm. are newscasters, and they are not allowed to accept any free clothing. So every newscaster Because it comes off like a bribe. Yep. So every newscaster you see is wearing something that they had to purchase. So my friend in New York, oh wow, that is, I mean, or the or the networks dress them. But my friend in New York that's on CBS, mm-hmm. she um, loves that. What's that? Um, oh, you know, Rent the Runway. Okay. And she just gets dresses off there, so she pays basically two or three hundred bucks a month and gets all the dresses she needs for TV, and she rotates through new dresses all the time. And she doesn't she doesn't need to own them anyway. Like, why does she want to own a dress? She's already she worn. can't. Yeah. So she kind of moves through it that way. So. You know, oh, I wow. That. I didn't know the rules were so strict. For, yeah, yeah, for it's really, really strict about TV. Yeah, TV. And, well, that's news. And then politically, maybe since she, they're not officially in office yet, she's able to accept it. You should find that out. But yeah. it, it's an interesting, you know, it, I love how yours is like some intellectual, you know, a doctor. And this week, my hot look. Yes, what is it? Is Sophia Loren. <gasps> Oh. And now it's not what you think, though. She's so amazing. She, I just saw her in this new movie she did, directed by her son. New movie, really? Yeah. She's eighty-six years old. God bless. Yeah, and the movie's called The Life Ahead, and it's about her um, as a Holocaust survivor living in Italy. Have you not seen this movie? No, it's amazing. It just came out, and she um, is ends up being put together with. Um, this immigrant boy who's been orphaned 
And it's just, it's this great story of how these two, you know, mismatched, end up, you know, being great for each other, right? But the point was, there were all these scenes where Sophia Loren, who played this woman who was like a streetwalker, kind of crazy woman who took care of and babysat all of the hookers in town, all their kids. So when these hookers would have a kid, they'd give them to her. And she would, like, raise them and take care of them. So she was, like, this mother of the streets kind of a person. And there was these shots of her in these, like, dated blue dresses. And there's this one scene where she's in this blue print dress with a pleated bottom that looked like it was Ungaro from the 90s. And she did it with, like, this white 86-year-old sneaker kind of a look. And there was something about that I found to be Holt because it was confidence like, there's sexiness and there's confidence about her. And when you look at her, you relate to Sophia Loren as Sophia Loren. Oh, yeah. And I remember when I met her, oh, at that Giorgio Armani event, she was had these huge uh, sunglasses on and was like every... It was like starstruck. You didn't even talk to her. She was just like this amazing... But when I was watching in the, in the movie, all of her looks were these really... She was like simple... Um, but they, she just brought in this retro chic. It's like you could imagine a woman like her owning all of these dresses from times past. So you believe the character? I totally believe the character. Nice. And she made the dresses work. She just made it work because there was something about really confident about wearing a color. And even though she was down on her luck, really, in a lot of ways, she was wearing these. She was wearing fashion. She was in the streets at the markets buying things. In fashion and fabulous sunglasses. I, she was wow. absolutely. I mean, she's the original Dolce Vita. I she's mean, like La Dolce Vita. She's on a different level. She is. So that is my hot look. I gotta check that out. You do. Okay, now we're time for Power Players. Power Player. Who's our Power Player of the Week? Mr. Oscar De Laurento. Uh, I mean... Oscar. May he rest in peace. Rest in peace. He was born in 1932 in the Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. And he came to New York in 1963. He was trained by... So wait, so 1932, 1960... So... Three. Early 60s. So he was 31 when he moved to New York. Yeah. Wow, okay. Wow. Yeah. And he was trained by Cristal Balenciaga... And Antonio del Castillo. Who's I, that name? Sounds familiar. Which one? The Balenciaga lady. Balenciaga was a very fam, very famous Spanish couturier work, that worked out of Paris. Wait, oh, so he's Spanish, Mr. Balenciaga. Yeah, or was it Madame Balenciaga. No, 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 it's a man. So Mr. Balenciaga, yeah. was a Spanish guy working out of Paris, and Oscar met him in New York. No, Oscar met him. Yeah, in New York. Oh, wow. mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. He was trained in New York. And then Mr. Castillo was a Spanish, again, Spanish costumer. Okay. There was an Academy Award winner and a BAFTA nominee, and then he also won a Tony. So those wow. were kind of... Um, as, as, uh, he, and he won those awards as costume designer. Yes. Okay, got it. Yes. So those were, guy, I guess you would say, Oscar's mentors in the very, very beginning. Wow. That's fascinating that Oscar Lorenta, like the... The House of Pretty Things was mentored by Balenciaga. Yeah, and that's why his 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 touch to American fashion went, had more of an elevated direction, I think. Okay. 
Um, he was also part of a group of men in New York that you would say was friends and socialized with the ladies who lunch. Yeah. I be, I feel like to this day, Oscar Lorenta is the ladies who lunch. Like it's just this conservative yet sassy, beautiful jackets and dresses and cardigans and matching sets and all that. Yeah, but un- unlike his other contemporaries at the time, like uh, Bill Blass, Joffrey Bean, Halston, those are kind of like the gentlemen of American fashion. But I think the difference for Oscar was he came with a Latin flair. He was the only one of the group that came from a Latin background. Okay. So I think his approach to, let's say, the ladies who lunch had a slightly sexier direction. Yeah, he likes a small waist. He definitely yes. likes having the waist cinched in on everything. Right. Fitted through the hips, trumpet yeah. trumpet skirts. You know, think uh, matador. Think, you know, Spaniard. Okay. So uh, he also worked as the first American designer... To design for a couture house, that being Balmain. Really? In history, yes. Wow, so he designed it for Balmain in Paris. Yes. Okay. So he designed his collection, Oscar de la Renta proper. He did a show in New York, and then he would fly to Paris and do a couture collection for the house of Balmain. How many years did he do that? Not many. I want to say probably about four to five years. Wow. And then he strictly just did, you know, Oscar de la Renta. And uh, he also was very famous for dressing so many first ladies. He dressed Hillary Clinton, Nancy Reagan, Laura Bush, Barbara Walters, Audrey Hepburn, Penelope Cruz. Wow. Now I hear that, I feel like he and Nancy Reagan were like best friends. I feel like they spent a lot of time together. They did spend a lot of time together. And I know that Laura Bush's daughter, I think it's Jenna, when got married in Oscar La Renta. He did. And it was a whole thing. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I want to say it was a Christmas event at the White House. Uh, Hillary Clinton went shopping. I believe this is the first, this is the first time at the White House. Um, she w- just went shopping and happened to buy an Oscar de la Renta dress. She was wearing this dress to the event, not knowing that Mr. De Laurenta was going to be uh, a, one of the guests. Oh, wow. So as they're doing the greeting line, Mr. De Laurenta is coming up to Hillary to meet her. And he leans in and he says, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you, Madam First Lady. Is that my dress? She's like, well, yes, it is. <laughs> She's like, well, it looks beautiful on you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And you know, wait, wait, I'm going to stop you. <laughs> yes. William. Yes. I had that experience for myself uh-huh. when I met Vivian Westwood. And I was wearing That's her... That's so cool. And I was wearing her suit, and she looked over at me, she goes, I love that suit on you, darling. I made that for you. I mean, I could have wow. died right then. I went out and had a cigarette with her. Now, I don't smoke, so That's... I just watched her smoke with her corset and all that. I mean, it was a lot... Whatever. Whatever Fake you it. say. But <laughs> it was like, I'll start smoking to be around you. She was... She was, um, but there was something about that when you pick something and then you connect with the design. And I think in our world, for you and I especially, I feel like designers like that are are, are famous people. There are rock stars. A hundred percent. And, you know, like, for me to meet Vivian or to, you know, for Oslo Renta to be, you know, I, I met him once too, right? Like, 
and all the people you've met, yeah. meeting those people would be like a a non-fashion person meeting Tom Hanks. Well, that's why I always tell people when I meet a huge celebrity, uh, I, there's no nervousness. I'm cool. It's nice to meet you. Love your work. Blah, blah, blah. But when I meet a designer, I'm a nervous little kid. Oh, uh, isn't that funny? So you're right. There, there are celebrities. Basically. Yeah, and, and we, and I think that also to to have the craft to be able to be an actor is I, we shouldn't disrespect that in any way, but to really have the craft to go and design collection after collection and be a, an actual true fashion icon that is and have longevity. That's, longevity. That's pretty huge. Yeah, it is absolutely. So actually, to quote Mrs. Hillary Clinton, she she believed that he defined. He defined global style. Okay. He actually designed her first Vogue cover. That simple oh. red kind of turtleneck gown. That was Oscar de la Renta. He designed her inaugural gown. And that gown, I don't know if you remember, was a champagne lace gown to the floor. Yeah. And a gold duchess satin evening cape to the floor. To the floor. And... She, Mrs. Clinton, when she said to Oscar, you know, when they were discussing what the look was, she says, all I want to look like is when Bill sees me for him to say, wow. And that is exactly what happened. Aww. So he I made wanted it. to look that up now. I don't think I remember seeing that for a long time. You probably, you probably remember, you know, when they do that first dance. Yeah. You probably see her in that dress. But the, what you don't see is the amazing cape that I guess she entered the event in. Yeah, now, I have a question for you about Oscar Lorenta. Yes. So if you look at the Oscars and the Emmys and all of that, and there's all of this editorial and these big, amazing gowns, you mm-hmm. don't see a lot of Oscar there. Why do you think that is? Um, I... I think... I think you do. Well, I mean, you don't see as much there relative to how famous and big he really is in terms of that I also um, I also think there's certain designers that are not as uh, how do I say this not as needy to need the press need to have the dresses you know because it's a whole business now where celebrities are being paid to wear dresses Right. There's certain designers, and I think Oscar's one of them that didn't, wasn't a part of that like either, if you want to wear his dress, great if you don't that's great too. I don't think he was part of that business of fashion on the red carpet. Right. Personally. Okay, I can get that. Now, when when did he pass away? He passed away. It's been four uh, years now. Actually, four year, five years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes, yeah, four years. We love him. And then in 2016, he hired um, Fernando Garcia and Laura Kim, who were actually students in his design room. Really? And they actually had their own brand called Monse. And the cool... I know that brand, Monse. They sell it at Nordstrom, Saks, everywhere. Those two are the the designers and creative directors now at Oscar. But do they still have Monse? Yeah. Wow. Monse's pretty modern. Yeah, but you can see... I can see You can see the touches. Like, back to when I was talking about uh, Mrs. Biden's dress... That asymmetrical thing is something that the Mon- this Monse team are known for. It's not it's necessarily... Monse is M-O-N-S-E. You should yes. look it up. Yes. But they are really... They do a lot of navy and black, and then they'll have a lot of asymmetrical amazing, and fit. Amazing shirting. Things that are cut really beautifully, too. And it's, it's interesting that you say that, because I can see a lot of 
there was a couple seasons ago I bought a blush pink um, kind of a boxy shift dress from Oscar that uh-huh. I felt like was very different for him. Yeah. But maybe it's not so different for Monse. So no. So they were they were they were the one that put a modern twist on the brand. Like pre pre the Monse team being a De Laurenta, a tweed suit would be a tweed suit. But what they would do is they would do raw edges. Right. Unfinished edges. And a raw edge is where it looks kind of like fringy. Frayed, yeah. yeah. Like uh-huh. frayed or fringe. Mm-hmm. But they don't... Now listen, people, fin- that not doesn't as... mean you just go and fray your own edges. Please. No. Please, no. people. Please, Especially, people. no. Please. But it has a... It's done with some intention to give it a softer look and have it look not quite as uptight and um, serious, maybe. Exactly. And it also keeps it young. Oh, yeah. It also keeps it young. So it, it, it was it was a good meeting of the mind. And it was pretty amazing that Mr. De Laurenta had the confidence in these two to even let them step step up into the design part of it. I mean, that's, that's huge. a pretty big gig. And I also think that it speaks volumes when a company like that, you know, promotes from within and really has because every designer has tons of designers working for them you know Mm -hmm. no matter how brilliant you are you aren't sitting down and designing every dress jacket pant accessory i mean you're just not doing that with the breadth of the collections aren't you just it's impossible physically it would be impossible so to be able to look at the people that are working with you and think oh this person's great we're going to give them the rent like let them take over it's pretty amazing right and it, you know, it, it, and it's all, it was also amazing to watch him in his process of editing and designing, because I was lucky enough as a kid at FIT to dress for the De La Renta shows. So that's how I initially met him oh, wow. when I was a kid. So it was nice. To, it was really cool. Now, to when see you were a kid, you weren't eleven. No, I'm but I was. William, I, I was a college kid, you know. All right, but you were not a kid. You make no. it sound like you were eight right, years right. old. Right, right, no, no, like no, eight no. years old no, in the no, back no. with Linda Evangelista going, "Here you go, darling. No, no, Here no. you go, darling." <laughs> <laughs> in your in your dreams, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. ironically, that's how I met Linda because Linda was in his shows then. Oh wow! And it's cool to see like the the process of a designer. Like there was a particular heavily beaded uh, shift dress with sable shoulders. The dress was made, it was on the model, and when the model came out, Mr. De Laurenta felt like it looked too boxy and kind of heavy. So, cut to, that turned into being a super cropped bolero on the runway. Wow. So, to see that it began as a dress and then wound up being a bolero was just, it it was just amazing. And a bolero is a short jacket, right? Super, super short, You just throw all these fashion words. Bolero, yeah. Bolero. Oh, bolero. Bolero. Crop. Bolero. Crop bolero. That does not mean a crop top, people. Just because a bolero is a short cardigan. It's about that. Yes, you know. Yeah, it's just underneath the breastises, but you got to put a top on underneath (laughs) it. It's a layering piece. (laughs) A layering piece, people. A layering piece. Wow, that's fascinating. Our, our dear friend Oscar. He is missed. I really love him. He loved, truly is. And he was He such, was such a gentleman, right? He was such an amazing, uh, super chic, chic man. And he also was a great philanthropist because mm. him being from Dominican Republic, he opened a uh, orphanage. Wow. And would spend all day with all the kids and loved all the kids. And then at one point, there was a little boy that really kind of, he really connected with. And Mr. De Laurenta decided he was going to adopt this little boy. No, really? So he adopted his boy's name is Moises. Uh, and how is Moises now? 
How is he? How old is he? How old is he? Not he how must. Is he? How is he? You're like, well, last. You know night. what? He's got to be. He's got to be almost forty at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Good yeah. for him. Which I, I, I love to hear about people then supporting their roots and where they came from. And it tells you, look, it tells you so much about people where they put their money and where they put their time. A hundred percent. You know, you can talk the talk all you want, but until you put your own money and really put your heart out to adopt a child is is like. No, I mean he's a better man than we are, apparently. <laughs> and they actually they actually considered him, I guess, an unofficial kind of diplomat between um, America and Dominican Republic because he would sit in on like state meetings with leaders. That's wow. how involved he was, like in with, the DR or here now in DR in the DR. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that great? So he was an amazing man. Amazing, amazing man. Good for him. Yeah. Well, thank you. Good work on that. Thank you for telling us all about Oscar de la Renta. And lastly, as we're wrapping up, I wanted to just talk to you about one thing. Yes. Winter is coming. Burr. Burr, 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 burr. And me being an East Coaster, I, I, I welcome it. You, I, you know, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. <laughs> and I um, really, I'm looking, I love the cold. The cold is here. But one of the things that we're very lucky about and unlucky is yes. that it's not so wet in LA yet. And it's, I've been noticing the last few years it gets really wet, like, December into April. Like, we've had all the rain comes in the, you know, Especially early after spring. the new year, yeah. Craziness. And so I was thinking about fashionable weatherproofing and waterproofing things. All right. And I remember about 10 years ago, Giorgio Armani, together with Laura Piano, made these cashmere uh-huh. waterproof outerwear. So all the cashmere had been treated. So it was just as soft as cashmere, but it was water freaking proof. Brilliant. Six thousand dollars ten Not years cheap. ago. I sold six of them. My girls were all over them, and they just put them on. And they're like, "Well, if you think about us, two and one, and this, yeah." Oh, and they were beautifully styled, and they got they had um, a hood on them, and you could detach the hood. It was this cute little bomber style, and. It was to to take waterproofing like that, and then you compare that to also Wellingtons, you know, all the rubber boots. Yes. And everyone, it feel like, is on their rubber boot game. It's interesting you say that, because the number one selling shoe right now at Bottega Veneta is a rubber boot. Uh, and it's I really nice. It, do you like that? It, it, uh, you, William, it, no. It looks like the Teletubby shoes. It looks no! like some, Yes. Don't you know me? Yes. I, I think you need to pick the right color. The, uh, listen, that it, big rounded toe rubber shoe. It looks. I mean, unless you're on some Irish farm, you have no business. Some dum dum is gonna run around LA in those shoes and lime green and think they're all that. I it it just has to be a, it just has to be done properly. But I, okay, so how do you properly do a rounded toe rubber boot that literally looks like it's the size of those Dutch wooden shoes? But I would I would treat it like a I don't know like kind of a Olive oil meets Mad Max. Ew, like, like olive chic. Is that what? Yeah, we're like a like a knee high knit sock, um, maybe a leather cargo short. You know, you gotta well, be okay. Where are you going? You're gonna it, put on a pair of leather cargo shorts. Yes. Knee, are you going to Switzerland? A, a neoprene anorak. <laughs> wrap around sunglasses. 
And have the car pick me up at six. And I would just be like, who is that hot mess over there? I do not understand that. No, it's, you'd be like, where did you get that? I would not. Be, where did you get that? I'd be like, yeah, where did you get that? that I mean, there's I a think difference in the tone. That's an alternative approach to like your super conservative rubber, like, I guess they used to call them duck boots, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like the... The like Burberry does like the plaid Wellingtons, like the plaid rubber boots that come all the way up, and then right. the Burberry plaid. Right. Okay, fine. This right. little sassy. Right. And then Hunter obviously makes all those great boots, greens and blacks, and the navies and, and all na- those navy ones, right? And they're lined in wool and they're mm-hmm. practical and they're cute. So I think having just having a rubber boot like that is is a statement enough. And then you turn that around and you wear it into something. I feel like that alone is saying something. But to take it and and do these rubber coated, and they they're huge. I yeah. mean, they're like six inches wide. They're like huge. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. And they're like and surprisingly I, and like, you are not a size eight. What size shoe are you? I'm an eleven. Thank you. And so size eleven. What on earth are you thinking? You're, you and first of all, I trip in my Nikes. I would fall down the stairs at Bottega. It would be death of a stylist for me. You just have to walk slower. I don't walk slower. You can't be in a rush. I'm always in a rush. <laughs> I don't know about that. So no matter what you do, be sure you stage right as the wet weeks of rain and snow are coming. It's coming and we need it. And we are going to take good care that no matter what the season is, you always look perfect. Thanks for listening to What What You're Wearing. Wearing.